All right, good morning again. I'm Mark Buckner. I come here on a regular basis, and some people call me pastor. It's a delight to be with you again today. We're learning about prayer. Prayer is a foundational part of our lives. It's definitely the foundational in our relationship with Jesus. So we set aside a specific period of time to get us going again, kind of get us in gear again. Just like we're getting everything started with our calendars and schedules at the beginning of year, we want to get back engaged and make sure that Jesus is at the center. Someone say, There you go. I was not going to tell you exactly what to say. You could have said, that's right, or me too, or anything, you know? But uh, just as long as you're engaged, it's good. So the, we have a little handout here that is, gives you some of the structure of this series. And uh, there's seven prayers. They're prayers that, that came from... Uh, kind of over the course of the last 30 years for me have been a focus of values that I just keep asking again and again and again and again. And uh, I modify it here and there at different points in time, but I I just kind of stick this in my Bible or uh, this is the newest, fanciest version, so I've never had anything nearly this slick. It's normally just kind of typed out on a piece of paper. But, but I, I use it in the, in the morning sometimes just to get myself started. You're kind of dull, your coffee hasn't kicked in yet, and you say, teach me your way, O Lord, now walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. You're speaking God's word back to him. If you, how many of you, you don't even have to lift your hand, you can just look at me and nod. You want the will of God in your life. You desire the will of God. This is the will of God. We're, we're praying that the will of God would be done in our lives. Not that you would find that elusive, perfect, God-given job or house or thing or relationship, but that, yes, those things are good, and you can ask for that, but more than anything else, you are preparing your soul for eternity. You are being transformed each day as you submit yourself to God, ask for his will to be done in your life, and, and walk that out. And uh, so that's what we're praying. Primarily, when we get into prayer meetings, so often we don't have an extensive vocabulary. And I'm saying, build your vocabulary. Increase the depth and the focus of what's coming out of your mouth when you put a hand on someone or when you're in a small group. So you can, you can bring this out in any situation. These are your, this is your cheat sheet for uh, increasing your vocabulary and knowing and being confident that you're entering into asking for the will of God. Now, today, we're going to be talking about something that it's kind of uh, a handful of people been waiting for. It's like, how do I stop sinning is almost like the message today. Anybody want to stop sinning? We can get into that. Well, this is the spirit of discipline. 
in the, in the third prayer, bridle our tongues, Lord. And our, it's like, bridle my thoughts, bridle my inner man, and give me a spirit of discipline. And said, because your inner man and your tongue are connected. Good news, bad news. Out of the heart we speak. Your, Jesus says some these intense things about how our hearts and our mouths and our thoughts are all connected. So, uh, but as we're asking these things, we have to go back again to number one and two. We're not asking just so that we can try to obey the rules, but we're asking because we want a revelation of God. It comes, this whatever true, genuine obedience that happens in your life comes out of a longing, an awareness of who he is and a longing for him. So, Psalm 141, the psalmist said a beautiful thing in this passage, and this is one of the prayers. As you can, again, at any point in time that you think, I stuck my foot in my mouth again. I said the most stupid thing, offensive thing, how in the world, oh my gosh, this will mark me with a scarlet letter the rest of my life. Help me, Jesus. Has anyone ever been embarrassed by what has come out of your mouth? Set a guard of my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let not my heart be drawn to what is evil, to take part in wicked deeds with men who are evildoers. Let me not eat of their delicacies. This is a good one. Let a righteous man strike me. Probably in the King James it says smite, you know. One of those good Old Testament words, smite me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil on my head. So there's principles in that passage specifically that we're going to step into a little bit as we're talking today. I uh, apologize to those of you who stepped in today on the repentance and rebuking and discipline day. Normally, we're, uh, I don't know what we are normally, so... Yeah, sorry about that normal commitment. I'm, I'm not going to go there. So what we're doing is we're, we're praying into a place of submission to God so that Jesus would be reflected through our lives. I want to be more like you, Jesus. Well, how do you do that? It's submission and receiving through asking the will of God be done in your life. This is the primary muscle that we're, we're operating initially. And then you walk that out. You have to live out what's coming out of your mouth. But you can't act if your words are different from what you really imagine you want to do and be. Your mouth has to line up with that. So, uh, you know, there's this is... Uh, it's not what I'm going to spend the entire service on. I think I could give an invitation right now and everybody would convict it. If there's anything that you've done to offend someone in your words in the last week, get down here on your face in the carpet and ask God to forgive you. you know, if it's, so here's a verse. You're going to be judged in eternity by every word that's come out of your mouth. Mm. This is Jesus. I tell you, men will give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. 
By your words, you will be acquitted or justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. It, words are interesting because they are the most visible, most audible, most measurable thing in your life. You said it. You said it in the tone you said it with. You said it with the attitude you said it with. You said it. And it's recorded. So that the, the fear of the Lord, number, prayer number one, should soak our beings to calm us down from talking too much. Now, as a talker, an extroverted person that says stupid things on a regular basis, I'm praying this prayer a lot. And here's, here's another verse just to kind of get us a little bit of motivation. What you say in the dark, what you say when you're all alone and there's no one else around you, what you put on your social media comments is going to be heard in the daylight and proclaimed from the rooftops. That's the words of Jesus, Luke 12, 3. And so, yes, we look around our society, there's just foolishness and ridiculous statements and fake news and medium fake news and true news and weird news and gossip and our atmosphere is full of all these things. But as followers in Jesus, we are the ones who don't have to be controlled by those things. They don't have to shape us and dominate our lives. And your own past words do not have to control your life. You can break those patterns. You can repent. You can be washed. So the will of God, again, is purity. Uh, on the first page, I've got this definitions and kind of a perspective related to the word holiness. The holy God wants us to be like him. And there's a completeness, a perfection, a maturity, a purity, a wholeness. And this is, this is not just walking in uh, kind of a moral abstinence from all of the, quote, bad things in the, this world. It's learning how to live out the full light and character of God, which is beautiful and honorable, full of grace. So, the will of God is purity. And purity, first, is experienced in your thoughts, then in your words, then in your actions. Mark 7, 21 through 23, Jesus is speaking. What comes out of a person, what comes out of a person. So he's, they've been in an argument. Should I eat this, eat that? Because there are so many different dietary rules in the Old Testament. And there was wisdom in those rules, practical wisdom that God gave of things that are healthy and things that are not healthy. But it became a place where people put all their focus on their food. Of, and that was what made them holy. And so... Jesus said, no, it's what 
comes out of you that makes you impure, not what comes into you. It's what's in your heart that's coming out that shows you that there's impurity. And he lists a few things. Out of your heart comes sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside. So, so often, we, we are thinking that at our lives as Christians, where we have these moral rules. We're kind of, our goal is not to embarrass ourselves. Our goal is to kind of be socially acceptable, to be respectable. But you can have a heart full of perversion and a smile on your face and walk through society and people think, that was a good guy. So do you want the vessel to be pure or you just want a good-looking vessel? Your closest relationships are not blinded by good-looking vessels with dirty insides. They are experiencing that. They are, whether or not you acknowledge it, what is on the inside is coming out to the people that are around you. So, murder happens first with our words, Jesus says. Adultery happens first in our thoughts. These are Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. So, okay, anybody want to change? Anybody want to move toward God? Anyone want that, the purity in our lives? So how do we build the spirit of discipline and self-control in our words and thoughts? Number one, you need an understanding of what progress looks like. So what I want to encourage you to do is to stop the cycle of God, I'll never do it again. I promise. I'm going to try harder next time. No, you won't. Just a little bit of life shows you that you're just going to be in a cycle if all you're doing is making promises. Please, please. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. I'll never do it again. And it's, the problem is that your guilt cycle does not cleanse you from sin. There was, a, there was a thing in the Old Testament called a guilt offering. But you walking around for an hour or a month going, I'm terrible, does not free you from sin. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, First John. Not if you are guilty and feel bad at yourself and tell yourself negative things about yourself for a certain period of time and you're awful, you can do that the rest of your life and your heart will not change. But if you confess your sin to God and to others, he will cleanse you. He'll bring purity back into your life. So, the, so here, here's the problem. 
This is an interesting dynamic, and, it, and I don't know if you've experienced this or where you are in your journey with God, but I, this is one of the first things that I learned if I, once I started pursuing God consistently. The more I prayed, the more I was consistent in God's word, the worse I felt. I thought if I finally started checking the boxes, then I'm good. But that, God was not interested in me checking the boxes of spiritual actions. He wanted my heart. He was looking for transformation, not just performance. So, it's, but it's confusing. See, when you open up to God, your heart actually becomes more tender. When you give yourself to him, you become more vulnerable to him. And he more quickly points out things that are out of line with his word. And you become more and more sensitive to the voice of God, more and more sensitive to his prompting. And it's, it's, a, it's like this, you, you actually have to repent more often. You actually have to say, I'm sorry, more often. It is more work, but it's also more freedom. So uh, one way that I've tried to picture this, we're still in this, how do, you, how do you mark progress in your life related to this, this conversation of purity? So if we had a, had a line, I'm going to use this as a line, and uh, for many, many people, they're walking with God, and they're trying as hard as they can, and then something happens. It could be related to a relationship they were involved in, or some little video that they watched, or uh, some relationship they're in, and boom, they're down in the land of condemnation. And down here, we have an awareness of all of our faults, and an awareness of our strengths. It's like this, we are, we are either arrogant or totally insecure. This is the area of focus on self. You are the center. And at some point in time, you, you repent, and okay, I've done, I think I felt guilty at least four days now. Okay, I can pray again. <laughs> I'm happy. Boom, it happens again. Oh, gosh, I, I forgot to pray. I forgot to do that thing. I said I'd do it every day. Uh, can't pray now. I've got to feel bad for four days. Okay. Now, okay, I think I felt guilty long enough. Yeah, I'm going to get back in. Or, or you have whatever issue that you've been dealing with in your life. Your anger, your jealousy, some place of bitterness in your life. It's like a hook that just got you. And boom, you do it again. Well, progress looks like this. You're walking along, and you, and you fall, and you say, forgive me, Jesus. Boom. Oh, this is the attitude. It, I didn't even say it, but it was in my heart. Oh, forgive me, Jesus. Oh, 
I don't even, I don't even want to go, oh, I'm not. forgive me, Jesus. It's a place of you're staying in life, but you're coming back quickly. You're, you're finding that repentance and confession of sin is like breathing, saying you're sorry, admitting the way you wounded someone. You're just, you're getting better and better and better at that. And instead of going, I've got my act together, it could be pride, like, no, I'm right and you're wrong. Well, you may be right, but your attitude stinks. Humble yourself, and he will lift you up. God gives grace to the humble. He, he, when you humble yourself, when you humble yourself, you come up again. When you confess your sin, you get up on your feet again. When you recognize the lie, you get up again, and you speak the truth. So this whole thing is not about an exercise of feeling bad. It's an exercise in turning to the light. It's, it's saying, I, like the great saints of old, there was an interesting thing about them. There was a joy and lightness about them. Not this heavy obligation of rules. And there are times, oh my gosh, there are times that, that I'll spend most of my prayer time groveling. And I'm, I'm sticking my face in the dirt and saying, ah, I did it again. So I, I'm not saying that we don't have times where you, you just feel it and it hurts and it stinks and you're sorry and you're grieving. There's an emotional process many times in that. And so I'm not saying treat it lightly and just get back up again. You need to, you need to recognize what breaks God's heart, how it affects him. So understand the attitudes, number one. Number two is repentance. How do, you, how do we walk in a spirit of discipline? By really building that repentance to God, repentance to others on a regular basis. When uh, my wife and I started dating, my, uh, the way I snuck up on her was I said, hey, I, I see you're running. You know, can I join you while you're jogging? Uh, you know, it worked, guys, just, want, just in case you want to know. St- can I study with you? That's another slick move. And, uh, but as I was running, I would do this thing. I'd say, thank you, Jesus. And, and I, it's just something would come out of my heart like that every once in a while. And she said, man, this is a real spiritual guy. Look at that, you know. She did not realize that I was fighting with my thoughts. When something would come, I'd go, thank you, Jesus. Some other negative thing, oh, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> I, was, I was struggling, and the way that I was responding to that was trying to find some sort of a healthy response to God in the middle of it. So um, my secret's out, you know, anytime Mark's saying, thank you, Jesus, you're going, I wonder what he's dealing with right now. But that repentance is what I'm making. It's, I'm just, I, 
want to be a person that repents. Boom, 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 boom. When someone comes to me and say, Mark, that hurt, I, I am so sorry. What can I do? I'm, please forgive me. When I sense this with God, God, forgive me. First John 1, again. So repentance, genuine repentance, is recognizing the thing, whatever that is, that is out of line with the heart of God, out of line of his word, and just saying, I'm wrong, you're right. Forgive me. Wash me. Blood of Jesus, wash me again. So then, how do you do this whole thing? You've got to recognize some of the sources of your thoughts and words. Here's the phrase, garbage in, garbage out. If you're pumping into your mind and eyes and ears music that is perverse or twisted or dark or, or videos or the people around you, you're just... Uh, you're, you're filling yourself, exposing yourself regularly, again, to, this, to things that are unholy, it's going to start getting into you. Now, we can't not live in the world. And part of our mission is to go to unholy places. And so Jesus was accused of, like, you're always with the drunkards, you're always with the gluttons. Uh, the issue was not their external performance. Jesus saw people with tender hearts, and he went towards them. And uh, the religious people were the ones that had the hardest hearts, and he had the most judgment in his, uh, toward them. But this place where if we could sit down and, and you'd say, I keep having this, I keep having this revolving pattern. One of the first things I would say is like, Where's, where are you intaking things? The words of Jesus, no good tree bears bad fruit, Luke 6, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. A good man brings things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Things that are coming out of your thoughts in your mouth, often there's a source somewhere in your life. How do we do this? We build this attitude of spiritual discipline by building truth and confessing God's word. So it's not what you're not doing. I mean, it's not like don't that the goal is not. This is not a list of the the bad things you're not supposed to do. This is a list of what we're going for. This is what we're dreaming about. This is our desire. We're asking for these noble things. And so part of you confessing God's word is confessing these scriptures right here. You're, you're saying, glorious father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation that I may know you better. You might even not, not understand what that is saying. But there's something that Paul said that was a prayer that he prayed for the churches. So you begin asking these things. You're filling yourself with truth. You're confessing it with your words. In the, the book of Jude, he says, to him who's able to keep me from falling, present me before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. I just, you are able to keep me from falling. You have a fear of falling back into a sin? 
You have a fear and anxiety. Oh, I'm going to do it again. You are able to keep me from falling. You are able to, to get me walking in life and established in this light, Lord. So I'm, I'm going to God's word instead of that accusation and that lie that's coming at me. Um, and you, you need to understand your most common accusations. If, you know, this is a good exercise sometime today. What are the lies you hear most consistently? What are the things? Is it unloved, rejected? Is there, uh, you know, and, and these accusations somewhat could be based in truth. You have had bad experiences in your life that have written a script. So I'm not telling you to say, no, 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 never happened. The key to spiritual life is denial. Let's ignore reality. No, you see the reality, but you change the script. And so, is it, you know, what is it? Name a whole list of sins. How does the scripture respond to that specific issue in your life? I will never. That's a good accusation. You will never. You will always. It is hopeless. And whatever it is, no, you say, no, no. Jesus prayed that I would be pure and holy. He would teach me the words of truth. Uh, you, he, John, uh, Paul, going through my apostles in my mind here, uh, said, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's, that's, this is the will of God, not I will never. No, this is, his will is going to be true for me. The will of God is the most powerful force. When you tie, give yourself to it, he is able to accomplish the things that he's begun. He will complete them. So um, the lie comes, you're not loved, you're not acceptable. Actually, in Romans 8, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels, demons, the present, future, powers, height, depth, nothing else in all creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate me from God's love. So the last thing I say about how we embrace this, I'm going back, back through this list, okay? So these are key things. If you're building a spirit of self-control, building a spirit of discipline, building order in your life that actually causes your words and your thoughts to become more and more conformed to the image of Jesus, to his life. How do you do that? First, you have to understand that, that place of what progress looks like and stop your guilt cycle, okay, to where you're just more and more coming to him instead of running away from him, feeling bad and feeling accused. And he knows you before you said it, after you said it, while you were saying it, while you were doing it, whatever was happening. He's not blind. It's like, if I stick my head in a corner and I hide, Jesus won't see me. Uh, you do not understand the character of God if you think God does not see everything, everywhere, at all times. So, just turn to him. That's progress. Then building this, 
pattern of repentance. I'm saying enormous things in this message, okay? I realize these are massive building blocks. So I expect everyone to be perfect by the time we're out of here. No. These these are principles that we, we operate on and build over the course of our lives. Sanctification is a lifelong process. This reflection of the character of Jesus is a lifelong process. That may be discouraging to you. But the good news is you can be different. You're not stuck. It's not hopeless. The grace of God is here available for you to transform your life. This is the first step in world peace. Change me. So that's repentance. Recognize the source of your thoughts and words. Take some time figuring that out. You know, I, I, we, we used to laugh about this. All the things that I listened to in high school on the radio and danced to and sang, you know, let's all run around naked, blah, 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 you know. Just some, you, you think, it had a good beat, you know. I was dancing to it. Like, what a stupid thing to say. There's, I mean, music somewhat is about getting your attention, and so it's just full of perversion in so many situations. There are pure things in music. There are, fill your life with those things. Got a song in a minute we're going to play here. It's full of a desire for purity. Here's, here's, the, here, here's, here's what you're going to hear, and you might sing along with it. Living God, consuming fire, burn the sin from my life. Make my will, make your will, excuse me, make your will my desire. Take my life in your hands. Purify me with your love till I shine far brighter than purest gold in your eyes. That's a little bit better than some of the Rolling Stones songs I used to sing. I, I still listen to 70s music. Sometimes I enjoy it. That was when I was in high school. But the core root of my life is it's God's Word, what He's saying. So find out what, you, where, what you've been connected to, the, what the sources are. Build truth by changing confession, changing the dialogue in your mind, the things that you're hearing. And this is such a simple thing. You should be able to tell me, what are your strongholds? What are you struggling with? Because you're just, you're aware of how it deviates from the will of God. That's a mature believer. Not living in those accusations, but you, you, know, you know where the battle is. You know what you're dealing with. And you know how to respond to it with truth. This is life. This is the normal, average Christian life. This is not superstars. These are not the, whoa, you're a godly man. You are a woman of God. No. 
This is normal Christian life. It's just basic stuff here. I'm going I'm to throw one last thing in here that I think is really exciting and sounds very scary. You must open your life to accountability. Now, see that in that verse in Psalms, he said, let a righteous man or woman strike me. Rebuke me. It is oil on my head and kindness. Have you, how many times have you prayed that recently? <laughs> Let godly people rebuke me and correct me. Can you make that a part of your daily life? Are you open to correction? There are people around you that are saying, there's something wrong. There's an issue and a pattern that keeps coming back and it's doing damage to your family. It's doing damage in your marriage. It's doing damage in your friendship and with your roommates. Are you open to them speaking to you and saying, this is how my life is being impacted? Are you open? Under your breath so nobody hears it. Say, yes, Lord, I'm open. Don't let anybody know, but I'm open. Okay, this is important. Accountability is being known. Accountability is not being controlled. Okay? Your goal is not to give control over every of your life to everyone around you. That is giving yourself to coercion and manipulation. But your goal is to have a life where you're able to say, this is what's going on. I'm able to be open with what I'm experiencing, what's happening in my life. So accountability is not, and I've, I've had this happen so many times, and so I'm just going to nip it in the bud right now. People come up to me and say, Mark, will you hold me accountable on this or that? And I say, nope. I am not going to be your spiritual policeman. Because, here's my experience, those people start avoiding me. Oh, there is. I'm gonna. I'm not ready for accountability today. I don't. I don't want in on that deal, of the guilt and shame cycle. I want to walk with people that want to be known, and are able, out of their own choice, to say. Is there any way that you want to speak into my life? Is there any? You know, I want to be known. I don't want to be, you know, uh, unannounced inspector is here. That's, that is a distortion of accountability that keeps us in shame. Somebody say, ouch. So, 
It's your job to begin sharing your story with others. What is your story? And, it, and it's, <laughs> there, is, there are boundaries that many of us need to learn. You, some of you may need to stop sharing your story. <laughs> or you need to learn to share it in the right way. But people, accountability is you doing with people what you're trying to experience with God. Here I am. If you walk in the light as he is in the light. And I've forgotten the second half of that scripture. First John. You have fellowship. That's First John 1. Anyway, I've quoted the other part of the chapter several times this morning. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship with each other. You have healthy relationships. Not distorted, not manipulated, not controlled, not fearful. Walking in the light. If there's distortion, fear, anger, judgment, harshness, you're not walking in the light. There is a lack of revelation of the person of Jesus being with you in the room. If that is what your home, your car... Your office looks like, Jesus, come, be with us. Everything I am saying, I have done wrong. Most likely recently. But I'm, I'm learning to get up faster and faster. It, anybody in here uh, that knows me well and say, Mark knows how to confess his sin, say amen real loud. Amen. Louder. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I want to be that guy. I want to be the person that says I'm sorry a lot. Not a pathetic, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, no, a sincere, strong, healthy, I am so sorry. I want, I want to change in that way. It happens with opening up your life, accountability with people that have Christ-like character. Okay, we've got a couple of prayers. Would you join me in standing right now? So these prayers are ones, some of them are straight out of Scripture, and some of them are things that I've curated just over time. It's, it's like I've said it enough that it's kind of become my voice. Okay? So I've got three prayers. Holy Spirit, I give you my eyes. And if you agree with any of this, you just say amen along with me. Holy Spirit, I give you my eyes, my tongue, my mind, my hands, and my feet. Take my life in your hands. Purify me with your love. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let my heart be drawn to what is pure, not to what is evil. Bring righteous people into my life every day that will speak truth to me and increase my ability to receive it. I will receive your correction as if it is anointing oil. Build the accountability in our community 
so that we can be protected from blind spots in our lives. Build the accountability through loving words from our brothers and sisters who are conscious of their own failures. Jesus said that he could do nothing without first seeing his father do it. And that he said what the father commanded him to say. So, Father, let our lives be a reflection of your actions and words. I pray that your glorious, out of your glorious riches, you would strengthen us with your power by your spirit in our inmost being that we would be deeply rooted in Christ. Thank you, Father, you put your life in us. Thank you, Jesus, when we ask you, when we ask you, come and live in my life, Jesus, you did it. And that we are daily being renewed and transformed into your image. We put on the new self. We put on, you want to know the new self? You can read through the book of Colossians. It's the most dense passage place, the new self. And we agree with you and say, yes, that your life and your word and your will is true. You're changing our vision, what we see in our hearts and what we desire so that we want what you want. Line our thoughts and desires up with your words, Lord Jesus. Come and be all that you are and live your life through us. As you reveal your glory to us, Lord, we are being transformed in your image. And you, God, are making us more and more like you. Amen.